Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody, it's Josh and Jilly, and we welcome you in. Got to tell you about Dr. Busby and ToeGrips.com. ToeGrips.com, of course, is uh, where Luther gets his Encore Mobility Supplement, and it's a great website where uh, all the pups uh, go to get their Encore Mobility and their toe grips, which are an amazing contraption, or really not a contraption, that's not the right way to put it. It's an amazing uh, invention that helps dogs walk around on wood floors even if they have a problem, you know, whether they have, um, you know, an injury or a surgery or a disability and can't walk on wood floors. This will help them bring back that confidence that allows them to walk on wood floors. How great is that? So uh, that's our friend, Dr. Busby. And of course, the website, toegrips.com. Use that promo code Luther for any purchase and save 10%. Also at that website, you can check out Dr. Busby's blog. And Dr. Busby kicks ass. She has all the answers to everything you need answers for. That is gigantic. That is huge. Any question you have about your pets? Well, good news. Um, she'll get you taken care of. I mean, I think any question you have should be answered. And if not, she'll guide you to that answer, but that's all online at toegrips.com. Promo code is Luther L U T H E R promo code Luther. If you make a purchase and you don't have to deal with a bunch of lousy ass ads either on that site, you just get down to the brass tacks, baby. Cause uh, Dr. Busby and Mr. Dr. Busby are the best. They're great folks. So toegrips.com use the promo code Luther. If you make a purchase, go to that site, you will not regret it they are the best toegrips.com with our friend dr busby this is the josh ennis show howdy friends and welcome in to the josh ennis show it's josh and jilly today how are you jilly i was told i wasn't gonna put on makeup this whole week i know but i felt like talking to people today because we got to get them ready for the big uh, birthday bash that's coming up friday night and you said you have big plans. I do. I thought we were going to make the people miss us. Like, they were going to be craving a Twitch. Like, feeding for a Twitch come Friday night. They're going to be... This is, we won't be here long. We won't be here long. I might end the Twitch before I end the podcast today. Oh, boy. That's, I don't know. I don't know. Thanks to uh, Derange, who just uh, resubscribed again to Twitch Prime. Thanks. 25 months of Derange. Thank you, brother. Uh, but uh, we appreciate everybody for listening and watching. We just want to let everybody know that the, uh, the the big birthday celebration is going down Friday. Jilly said she's got some surprises. Yeah, I don't know what this is. She's got surprises, though. Somehow, though, I will be the one hungover Saturday, and you will be fine. Yes. But you know what? I don't make the rules. I can't help this. I told you this the other day. On Sunday, I got a little snookered playing Yahtzee and watching The Fugitive and A League of Their Own, and then I woke up at 4 o'clock, and it's the best I felt in weeks. Weeks. So uh, anyway, so uh, make sure you're uh, here for the party on Friday. Going to have some guests. Uh, Jilly says she's got the plans. I I let her handle. She said, I got a few surprises. Well, I'm not handling guests or anything. No. Like that's, I just have something that's going to be fun, I think. Got it. So Jilly's got uh, some fun. I have no idea what it is, but Jilly's got F-U-N, ready to go, baby. So um, make sure uh, you're here for that on Friday for uh, the uh, seven o'clock. Does that sound good to everybody? Seven o'clock, seven central. You can tomorrow, uh, is my actual birthday and we're supposed to go to lunch and maybe some din dins, see what happens there. And, uh, and then uh, Friday you get ready for the, um, we're, we're ready to go. We're ready to go. So, um, so a few things to talk about early. So this is like the most shocking development in history. 
So yesterday I'm sitting in my, my chair, you're on the couch, we're watching TV and you say, Oh, look, your dad's got a video with his dog, Scooby. My dad has an actual Great Dane, and the Great Dane's name is Scooby. He looks just like Scooby-Doo. That's because the that was reason. the plan. Yes. That was the plan. My dad set that up the whole time for that to be the case. I don't even know if he likes dogs, but he needed a dog named Scooby because, you know, helped with his Facebook, I guess. So you say your dad's got kind of a funny video with Scooby where Scooby is like driving the mystery machine and your dad's chasing. Ha ha. That's funny. I saw that on Facebook. I go, Really? That's not shocking, and right? he had just started a TikTok. So it was a TikTok shared to his Facebook. Well, that's where I was going, yeah. is that the shocking development is that this video was on TikTok, and TikTok is where my dad is now for like the last four days or so. Five days ago, my dad started a TikTok, and my dad's TikTok has 60,000 followers. I think the video that we are just discussing has like 230,000 views. It's wild. Yeah, he's a TikTok star. He like gumped his way into TikTok fame. So I go to look at the video, right? And I go to TikTok because I have a TikTok, but I don't post a lot on there. Because you didn't get the immediate reaction that your dad has, apparently. Correct. So I wanted to go see if this was real or not. You know, I wanted to see if like, you know, my dad's page, because at the time I didn't know that it had 250,000 views. I just wanted to see what he was posting on TikTok, right? So I go to TikTok and I see that he's got 60,000 followers. Like, holy shit, he's got 60,000. In less than a week, he's got 60,000 followers. Fucking wild, right? So he's got that. Then I start to look at videos. I scroll through his videos. He's got a video that's got over 500,000 views. Yeah, I think it's like like what the actual fuck? The dude gets four likes on his stupid Facebook post. He's getting 500,000 views on, uh, on TikTok. It's wild. Like, I would have never thought. So Jilly goes, like, do you think your dad knows that this is happening or not? I go, I don't fucking think he does. There's no way he knows this. So I call him. I go, Dad, like, are you aware that, like, your TikTok is fucking gigantic? He goes, oh, yeah, I know. I've been on some dude's Twitch channels. He's saying, explain all this shit he's done. Like, some gamer kid had me on his thing. He knows a lot more than we do about editing videos and Twitch even and TikTok. And you're over here like, oh, I don't know if he knows how to Skype or not. I think he would figure it out. Like, I'm baffled. And it's not just like, like some of these are just him shooting the shit and doing voices, but he's doing like actual content. Yeah, like edits and like, they're funny. I'm like, dad, how the hell are you doing this? Like, I don't know, Josh, I just started looking up shit on how to do it. Yeah, he does it himself and everything. He's got 60,000. 60,000 followers in less than a week. Today I looked at it. I, I, he has, I think, 59,000. It's 59,000, so it's nearly 60. It was 59,100 when I woke up this morning. It's like 59,600 right now. Dude's just picking up follower after follower after follower on TikTok. It's fucking crazy. Like, his Facebook is dreadful, and it's these long-ass, rambling, boring posts about, oh, my shitty childhood, blah, 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 blah. His fucking TikTok is out of control. 60,000 followers in like four days. I get that he's not like Kim Kardashian or something, but I would have thought he'd never figure that out. No, I mean, he's going to make some money on that. Like He's up there with like TikTok celebs getting 500,000 views on his videos, 200,000 on another. (laughs) It's crazy. Well, maybe he is a TikTok celeb. Uh, M.W. Soulgrove wants everybody to know that we're $95 away from a shot because Don Collins Boy. put in five bucks. Thank you, Don. I haven't heard from you in a while. Don's out there just ruling the fucking world, leaving us all behind here. We'll need your math on Friday, M.W. Soulgrove. I think so. But for what it's worth, I got nothing to do the rest of the day except make a fucking pizza. So if you want to, have at it. Because what do I have to do today? The answer is nothing. And that 95 bucks, you know where that would go? Texas Roadhouse tomorrow for my birthday. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Thank you, Don, uh, for the five bucks. We appreciate you guys. Uh, but anyway, so uh, so Dad's TikTok is crazy hot right now. I don't have my phone. I should have. I, I wonder if I could pull that up for people to actually see his TikTok. You have to search like TikTok and his username. You can't just go to TikTok.com. On right, TikTok Scott Ennis. It's by the way, if you want to follow him, it's Scott Ennis nineteen sixty nine. All right, let's see if I can find you an example. Like, there's all these videos. All right, let's see. All right, so here, let me pull this up for everybody to, to watch here. Let me see if I can do My dad obviously could figure this out because he's brilliant, uh, apparently. 
Uh, let's see. Let's go to Scott Ennis 1969's TikTok. Got it. All right. So here's dad's TikTok. Let me show you like this video down here has got 267,000. Let me pull this up for everybody to see in here. Hold 40, on. 40,000 likes and 267,000 views. It is wild. Hold on. Let me see here. Let me turn this up. Make sure everybody can hear it. I don't know if you can or not. Uh, let me see here. All right. So let me move this over so everybody can see. So here's dad's TikTok that's got 267,000 views. Hold on. Scooby, get out of the van. Stop, Scooby-Doo. Stop stealing the mystery machine and going for joyrides. You stay here. I'm going to go inside. Scooby, get out of the van. Two hundred sixty-seven thousand views for my dad chasing the mystery machine that's being driven by the dog. Yep, he's on fire. I mean, I got to give him credit because I'd have no clue how to do it. And he's doing these edits all by himself. Like his initial video down there is the one that's got five hundred forty-two thousand video views. I give credit to uh, I guess Cassindy. Is she in some different country again today? She's in Canada. She's in Canada. Well, I guess who's on TikTok? Who's calling us? Like you said, it's Scoob Scooby Doo. Where are you? Check it out, baby. Scott Ennis is on TikTok. Yeah, right, well. <laughs> By the well, way, I that's got 104,000 likes, oh, and it's got uh, 550,000 views in yep. five days. I and mean, this is really going to help his, like, Comic-Con stuff and everything. Like, if you have a TikTok with these numbers now, like, they're going to be asking you to go to there. Like, you're not going to be paying for a table. Dude. They're going to be like, hey, you need Scott to come to, uh... Scoob and I are on the yeah. industry. Say hi, Scoob. Yeah. So we've been hearing a noise in the bathroom. So we're going to like go find out what it is. Come on, Scoob. Let's go. But as we discussed yesterday, know, like... We're like Hold on. Uh, I'm almost a little afraid here, Sue. Is there anything in the Scooby room? Huh? Uh, okay. Here we go. Anybody in here? Huh? Go through the room. In the bathroom. Sounded like it was coming from the toilet. Oh, it's the creeper. The creeper was hey, in the Scott toilet. How about Scooby that? Hold on, hold on. Yesterday, it's so interesting, too, because Scooby-Doo is just like... All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Grown-ups love him. Older grown-ups love him. Yep. Kids love him. Yep. Toddlers love him. It's like, wild, Scooby isn't Doo it? just has no, like, there's no generation that really ever got sick of Scooby-Doo. No, like all the other voices Dad does, like, they don't have this big following. Like, nobody cares about Jetsons, you know, stuff, or, or the Wacky Races, or really even Bugs Bunny or Fred Flintstone, but they all love Scooby. That's what, like, so Nikki's son is about to be three in November, and he's obsessed with Scooby. And she was even like, thank God, because I don't have to watch this other dumb, like, baby shark stuff, because he wants to watch Scooby, and it's funny. Like, I like it. He's three, and he likes it. Like, everyone, like, everyone loves Scooby. And I told him, I'm like, dude, this is perfect for you, because it's short little bursts, um, it doesn't take a ton of effort to do and you get instant gratification. Like part of the reason why I struggle doing classic rock is I don't get instant gratification. Like I get that. Like when you do sports, you get instant like text the whole damn show and tweets the whole show and people are arguing with you. Like I might get five texts from people, a whole uh, show on the rock. And I'm like, is anybody even fucking listening? You know, like in my mind, I say that, like, I know they are, but it still bothers me that I don't get that instant gratification. Dad gets this instant gratification from this, so it's good for him. I think it's healthy for him. So uh, that's 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 big. That's that's pretty legendary. Scotty is going to hook up with one of those TikTok girls now. Well, I mean, if it helps that TikTok chick's uh, TikTok, then I think she probably would. 
If it would help, you know, boost her TikTok. Literally, there's the guy that like looks like Shaggy and stuff, and that's who he was saying like he's been on his Twitch feed because he does like games and stuff. So like Scotty's again, he's more tech savvy than we are, dude. For sure, it's nuts. And then like last night, PK and DK are like, "Hey, can we get your dad on the pod?" Like, yep. Sure, why not? So my dad's been doing this stuff for a hundred years. He gets on TikTok, has sixty thousand followers, and then boom. Did you send them his number? Uh I I need to. I didn't text. Usually when I text PK, I don't hear back for like three days. Well, he's so, editing constantly. Uh, <laughs> he's got he's just constantly working on their podcast. But um anyway, was he Astro? Yes, he did do Astro and some stuff too. Uh, I hate Scooby-Doo and never got the appeal, said Go-Go Gadget Wang. I'm not shocked by that, but thank you for uh, for uh, you know bringing some uh, some uh, excitement to the chat today. Thank you, friend. Uh, but yeah, that's wild how dad's doing. Like, I can't figure it out. Like, he's crushing. Yep. Now, again, part of it is the Scooby angle on it, but you got to ride what's there, right? Like, I was looking at some of the comments, and these people are like, well, why don't you show us more of your Scooby room? Like, he's got unlimited resources he like all those videos he used to do on facebook that nobody gave a shit about they'll give a shit about on tiktok like when he used to go through the drive-thru doing those voices right and like like you see the reaction of people but anyway uh has his price on cameo been raised i don't know if it's been raised he does pretty well in there too he does, he's like josh i do like seven tiktoks a day speaking of tiktok i have a story and a semi-apology okay so I haven't been looking at my cameo because honestly, like I like I was fun for a little bit, like how I get with everything. I get bored with shit. And I don't promote it as much. So nobody reaches out anymore. So I hadn't heard anybody um, on uh, like TikTok cameo. or cameo rather for like, you know, months. And I'm like, whatever, that's fine. I don't promote it. So my feelings aren't hurt. Like I find it hard to believe somebody would just run off to cameo and be like, God, I got to get Josh Ennis to do a message for me. Right. So I didn't think anything of it. And I don't get notifications. I never have. I Which, have. I don't know how you. That I don't seems, know if I never turn them on or yeah, what. But I never get a like, notification on my phone. That seems like a problem on your end. Yeah, but I mean, I've I've had like a grand total of like fifteen cameos, so it's not like I've done a ton of them, right? So I I I'm looking at the talkback or the rock and rant ta- uh, voicemails that are left for our show, and our podcast voicemails are also on there. And I and I rarely check it because again, something else you got bored because I got bored with that yeah. too, so I haven't done a lot. But I see that somebody left a message. I'm like, all right, I'll listen to this. It was on August 5th, and a guy leaves a message. Hey, Josh, just wondered if you got my cameo request. It's my brother's birthday today. I put the request in on um, on August 1st. I'm like shit. So I go and I look at the cameo and it expired because the guy's birthday had already gone through. But on cameo, they give you an option to do like a free cameo for someone if you miss it or whatever. I'm like, well, fuck, I got to do this. I feel terrible. Like, I just never thought to look at it because nobody's been requesting any cameos just, lately. Like, there's got to be a way you can turn on. I'm sure there is. I'll look. But nobody. You an email or like, something. Like nothing. Literally, I never see it. And nobody makes any requests anymore because I don't promote it. Like when I was promoting it, I was getting, you know, you know, I got in the first month of that. I told you like 10, 12, 13 of the cameos. And that's fine. It's not a big deal. I was just doing it because it was funny. But then I see this guy and I go, shit, it was his brother's birthday four days ago. I feel like shit. This was probably going to be a present for his brother. Now I'm a dick. Yeah, real nice. So I go in and I do like a six minute cameo for this guy. And I'm like talking about everything for like a free. I was doing a free cameo for him. And I go for like five or six minutes on this thing. And I'm talking about anything possible. And like everybody, people will put requests in there like, hey, can you mention such and such? One of them was, hey, can you make fun of Adam Clanton? I'm like, yeah, I'll do that. I'll make sure to give you the whole show. So I start doing that and I'm like, just, just going like, bro, oh my God, I put on for my city. I'm doing all that shit. Uh, go, go gadget. Wang asked, Josh, you've ever heard of the podcast called who are these podcasts? They just review and shit on other podcasts. Very late nineties radio. O and a roast style. I think you'd enjoy it. I said, su- are you like in my head? Cause I discovered that yesterday I was like, it, it showed up on my YouTube feed because it was making fun of how did this get made, which I thought was a really good podcast for a long time. And now I'm just kind of bored with it mostly because they do reviews for movies that I just, I've never heard of. And I get that that's kind of the point is how did this shitty movie get made? But like, I feel like I have to have seen the movie to really enjoy it. I have nothing against the people who are on there. I just don't really give a shit about the podcast anymore. So I don't listen to it as much. How did this get made? And I'm hearing these guys rip on it. The problem I have with it, is the guys doing it don't seem like they're that interesting either. 
So like I'm, I get it, sit around, make fun of shit, cool. But the guys that do this, uh, what are these podcasts? Like they just listen to every podcast and shit on it. Do they actually like any podcasts? Like I'm new to this. I don't plan on listening to a lot of them. But is it like a? Do they listen to some and go, hey, this podcast is great, or hey, I listen to this, and I'm like, okay, like give me something that's just not two old like white dudes yelling about shit. You know what I'm saying? Because that's all it was, essentially, just being angry. Like, I didn't really see the humor in it. All I heard was just, uh, and I, I found a Howard Stern one, too. And while I agree with them that Howard Stern sucks now, it was just like nonstop, oh, Stern sucks, and this fucking sucks, and this is some fucking bullshit. And I'm like, sounds like how this show used to sound. I know, right? I, it takes one to know one, my lady. And, uh, and, so, and look, yelling and screaming and ranting and raving sometimes is what people do. But it seemed like it was just kind of like, some of the criticisms I was hearing were not fair. Like one was about like commercials on one of the podcasts. I'm like, well, when these commercials, uh, you know, these commercials, uh, or these podcasts become successful. Sometimes there's just more fucking commercials in them. That comes with being successful, right? Uh, will you be replacing Angela Yee on the breakfast club? I will not. Um, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to try. Cause I think I've got a solid sales pitch to old Charlemagne, the God, Anyone here actually know who Angela Yee is that's listening to this podcast? Oh, I think some people. Oh, I think so. Like, I think, like, kind of like what, what uh, program director Jonathan tells me all the time is, you assume that our audience is just old curmudgeonly white people. Well, those are the people who call. The people who are listening are not all old curmudgeonly angry white people. There are young curmudgeonly white people that's also true. listening. So I'm sure we have plenty of those listening. So uh, I think there's a lot of people who know who The Breakfast Club is. Uh, they know who Charlemagne is. He's got a show on um on like comedy he's got shows everywhere now he's got multiple shows and angela yee is the chick on the show that like reads the news and shit well she's leaving the show to do something else fun fact her agent is my agent so i'm not trying to brag or anything here but the most popular radio story in the country today is about angela yee who is repped by the same person who reps me. So like in a six degrees of Kevin Bacon way, I'm kind of the biggest story in radio today. So, you know, she reps Angela Yee. Yeah. Obviously got her a very good deal. Yeah. And Nick Cannon, who and she Nick got Cannon. back on. I don't know if she just does radio for him or TV, but of course, Nick Cannon called all the Jews savages and he got back into the good graces of the world. So I feel like my, uh, my ship may be coming in. Like this is my moment. Like, good job, uh, Heather. Like you're her biggest challenge. Well, well, yes. Figure that one out. Um, I like she has to be seen. Like, like oh, I wonder this because like my old agent David, he didn't really rep that many people. He wasn't really an agent. Like he was a, a like a guy who like talent taught. Coach. He was a talent coach, and he had a couple of clients. And he, I was introduced to him through. Um, Actually, you know who introduced me to David was a guy by the name of Brian Straw, who used to work at, at uh, 610. But I was at first repped by something called Sports Talent, uh, Sportscasters Talent Agency of America. And it was a website where basically for 20 bucks a month, they put your shit on their website. And if there was a job opening, they'd send the shit out to like different PDs. And that's how Gavin discovered me. And that's how I got the job in, in Houston. After a while, I needed a legit agent because obviously I'm a huge radio star. I love giving 10 percent of my salary to my of my small salary to somebody so i was like i need somebody new and and it was actually uh brian who said hey did you know my buddy uh, david brody i sent him your stuff he thinks you're fucking hilarious he's based in uh, birmingham i said cool so we started talking and within minutes he's like hey i think you'd be great for this job this job this job and he's sending my shit to people so he just started repping me that's how i got my first agent was david and really he only repped a handful of people like i think at one time i don't know if he repped i forgot the whole story but i think at one time he was semi-involved with the dude who does mornings in dallas on gavin station uh and uh who's our guy ass man over at 97.5 he has some sort of relationship with him i don't know if it's a talent coach thing or what but the first time i met ass man he's like i've wanted to meet you for a long time because david brody always talks about you i'm like okay cool and uh he had a couple other people but like i was probably the most i'm not probably i was the most high profile of them and then i got fired at 790 and for about five or six months, we didn't find anything. He tried. To he did. Credit, he worked. Well, I, well as, as we said before, I really but... thought we were going to get a um, a gig in Atlanta. I like. I thought that was where we were going to work because I went there and I met the PD. I thought we were going to get a job there. I did. Maybe I just got my hopes up too early in that because they were interested in us before I got fired at multiple places. 
So um, anyway, that didn't come through. So we started talking about, um, you know, what, what I should do. And actually, Andy was like, you know, I know this this agent, and she's kind of a big-time agent with this big agency. Actually, fun fact, first person I reached out to is the person who reps uh, Mike Missanelli and I think Angelo. Oh, yeah. And I sent an email, and the guy was like, Oh no shit, man! Awesome, that's cool. That's uh, like, all you know. That's awesome. Like uh, uh, that sounds pretty good. I got an email back from him. You know, I was like, "Hey, I'm looking for representation. I'd like to get back at this time. I was trying to get on 97.5. I thought, "Hey, this would be great. Whatever." And he got back to me. And we're like, "Cool." I'll, you know, I think I talked to him on the phone. Even I think you did. Yep. And then eventually, I never heard back again. <laughs> like he probably uh, mentioned to Mike he was talking to you, and Mike's like, "If you still want to be my agent, you could will be. not talk to him." I mean, Mike was. I mean, obviously, was his big money guy. Now he obviously isn't anymore. But I mean, if Mike was making half a million dollars, there's a good cut of that that was going to his uh, agent. So I can see why. Was his name Steve Mountain? I, I think it was Steve his, something. I, don't I think it was Mountain was his last name. I think it was Leslie West and Mountain. Um, I don't remember, but I think it was Steve Mountain's name. He reps like all these big time dudes in Philadelphia. And I think maybe like Angelo, maybe everybody on the morning show at WIP and Miss Anelli and all these people. So that fell through. So then Andy says, hey, there's this other person. Her name's Heather. And I'm going to just make an email mention with you. I'm going to at you in her email. I'm going to CC you and I'm going to just see what happens. Say, like, cool, whatever. So I talked to like I go back and forth with Heather. Her agency knew who I was because her boss is in Philadelphia and he was there when I was in my heyday and he knew who I was. Basically, they had to agree to take you on. Well, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. how it works. I mean, like, they have like, to see if it's like worth their like, time. Hey, okay, you're my agent now. Like, it was a whole No, process. no. They have to, like, see if it's worth yes. their time. So in 2019, you and I were on our way to Austin to see LSU in Texas. And I get a call from Heather. And she starts talking to me and she's building this whole thing up. Like, love your stuff. You're funny. I was talking to my boss. We think you're great. And I was waiting for the butt because it too. felt like it. Yep, it, it felt like the butt the was coming. Was like, oh, this is bad. It felt like the butt was coming. Like, but we just feel like at this time it's not right. That wasn't the case. She said, we think we can get you a fucking job. I said, rock on. So she became my agent. And I asked her like who she reps. She's like, well, you know, I mean, I used to rep Casey Kasem towards the end of his life. I'm like, no shit. So I have the same agent as Casey Kasem. She knows everybody. Um, then it was, um, she rep Nick Cannon and reps apparently Angela Yee, who's the third person, or she's one of the three people on the breakfast club who just left to do something else, uh, in iHeart. So there's an opening in that. And I actually texted Heather and go, hey, I have an idea. I've got a pitch for you to the Breakfast Club. Instead of going with a black woman on the show, how about a wacky white dude who likes Cher, has been fired multiple times because people think he's racist, but he's not really racist. He's down. And it would be fucking great because then they could just say, hey, white people suck. And then he, I'll go, no, we don't. Not all of us. And that'll be the show. And it will be spectacular. And she said, no. I said, well, I fine then. Sometimes I don't think she understands your sarcasm through text messages because there's been a couple instances where you've thrown like ideas at her that were clearly jokes. Yeah. And she's like, no, I don't think that's going to work. No. Like, she takes it very seriously. Yeah, I'm like, Heather, it was a fucking joke. But I think conflict would be nice. Imagine, because there is a morning show they that's have on the radio. Conflict on that show with guests, though, like that's how they always go viral. Is like they're always yelling at guests. Who was the dude? Them. There was a, an old school R and B dude that was on there a couple weeks ago, that was talking about like how the most blowback he gets from people isn't from white people, but like Muslims and shit who hate him. Which, by the way, white guys didn't shoot those Muslims, so we didn't do something this week, boys. Um, I was actually other, and uh, it was another Muslim. Yeah, how about that? Who knew? Uh, I forgot who that artist was that was on, but um, you had plenty of conflict at 790, and it got your ass canned, says Adam Clanton. Well, this would be a different kind of conflict. The conflict the would show. be uh, like be on the show conflict, Not and the behind con the scenes would come from the fact that I'm a white guy and I have a different perspective. Like, didn't when there a white guy on with uh, with the Mad Hatter? I think there was a white guy on there. Mm -hmm. Like, what's wrong with that? We hear all the time. You know, what we need we need a black guy on that show because that'll balance shit out. Well, why on a black show do you? not need a wacky white guy to but be in there he, and say I hey i like share and then it gets wacky didn't he just do traffic though or something he was still there he was in the picture uh, there was a billboard of the mad hatter show and there was some white guy and i'm like who the fuck is this there's a white guy on the mad hatter so i have thrown myself uh, into this i said uh, i said heather i think this would be great as it turns out uh it did not did not work out that way uh i did not get uh my agent to bite on that 
So as it turns out, I uh, my name will not be thrown into the hat. We need a black white guy called Jason Braddock. Like they, but they also need someone who has some level of ability and knows how to speak. So I don't think that on a nationally syndicated well, radio program they, and a they girl, need a girl and they need a girl. So I don't know. Maybe Jason would put on a wig and do it. I don't know. I'm Jacena. And then um, maybe that would be it. I, he'd be Jacena Braddock is what he would actually be as. Is your agent going to be one of your birthday guests? No, because this agent has more important things to I do than my previous agent. I think she's above us. Yes, like my agent, like I am very low on the totem pole. Although she does return all of my texts pretty quickly, but most of them are, listen, sweetie, I'm in a meeting right now. I got to go. But she does at least respond. So there's that. I don't know if she's the, if she would want her reputation on this uh, Twitch getting bombed with us. That would that'd be probably not now. Now maybe I can get my old agent back on. He'll that shoot the shit all day. Yeah. My old agent lives in Miami now. Lives in Fort Lauderdale. He's on the fucking beach, just crushing it. Got got a he's dating a black woman from what I understand. Which I mean, very progressive on his part. Good for you, David. I don't know if they still are. This guy dates people for five minutes and falls in love with them, and then like they leave his ass, and then he's like distraught, like despondent. So. Or <laughs> there was the time our, uh, did we, I'm sure we told this story when, uh, so my agent, David, who we've had on the podcast before one day, you and I are at Jamba juice and which, which Jamba was that? That was out down Katie, 10. Yeah, Katie. Okay. So we're hanging out at Jamba juice, getting a delicious treat. And I'm just scrolling through my Facebook and my agent's Facebook. Was actually, page. I was scrolling through Facebook and I saw the post and I said, Josh, Jilly shows me the picture. Showed him my phone. And it is just two gigantic tits. This woman sitting in a beach chair or something. Mm-hmm. Well, for no, actually, here's how it went. The first picture was just this woman in a bikini on a chair. And I was like, well, that's kind of odd that you just post that, but whatever. Then the next picture that was posted on my agent's page was a big set of bare, large nippled titties. And I'm like, I don't think he meant to post that. Yeah. So I screenshot it and I send it to him. I'm like, you may want to take this down. Instantly, I get a phone call. Josh, Josh, what the fuck? What do I do? I don't Where know how to fix it. Where did you see that? Where yeah. did you see that? I said, dude, it's on your fucking Facebook. So he like rushes to his Facebook. He doesn't know how he posted them and he doesn't know how to take them down. So these fucking nude, this nude picture of this gigantic titted woman is just sitting on his Facebook and people are commenting and shit and he can't figure out how to get rid of the fucking picture. And I'm like, David, I don't know what to tell you. I can't fi- I don't know how to explain to you how to delete it. You just go delete it. But Josh, I don't know how to delete it. You Can you delete it? No, I don't have access to your fucking Facebook. What do you think I can do? Josh, you've got to help me. I don't know what to do. What do I do? Needless to say, I don't think he's dating that chick anymore. Well, no, because that chick was white. Yeah. And last I checked, he was dating a sister. So look at my man branching a out a little bit. Too. I know. How about that? My man is, my man is uh, got him little brown sugies is what he's got there. Look at that. You don't get like I, that surprised me. Not that he's racist or anything, but that surprised me. And Good yes, for Derange, him. Uh, this is the agent that cut his ear off shaving right before he came on the podcast with us. So That's he was him. delayed because he cut his ear shaving. That's the one. So, uh, yeah, that's how that went. So, but that's David. Maybe we'll get him on again at some point and see how his life has evolved. Because the last time we talked to him was during the Rona. And he just cut his ear. And he had just cut his ear. And uh, and now he's really found, I mean, first of all, he got to leave fucking uh, Birmingham to go to Fort Lauderdale. Man, we tried to meet up with him. We were down there, too. And we never ended up making it happen. But apparently he's got, like, the private beach outside his condo. And, like, life is good. He's playing tennis all the time. Yeah. So, yeah, he's living, man, living the dream. It's kind of like he's how our friend able Trevor to, go to the greatest Italian restaurant ever. I don't think we ever talked about that on here. Nope, there's a place called Louis Bossi's. Trevor, you should go. Trevor, do you know about this place in Fort Lauderdale? It's, it's delicious. It's a Sammy Hagar recommendation. We went, had the best bolognese I've ever eaten in my life. I didn't even know I liked bolognese. We had to go twice in the three days we were there. We went there twice. 
So, and it was great. So, I mean, think about all the people that have gotten fortunate enough to get away from shitty cities and go down to like Fort Lauderdale that we know. Like, uh, what our our one friend Jarrett, who is a Philly dude, right? Mm-hmm. Our friend Jarrett, he moved down to Fort Lauderdale. That's how we met up with him a couple years ago. Then our friend Trevor got to leave from, I guess. I guess he's a Philly guy initially, right? but went to Connecticut. He was in like Hartford. Now he's down in Miami. And our friend David Brody, who's a Northeast guy by by birth, and then made his way back down uh, to uh, where he lived for a long time in Birmingham. Well, tell Heather. And then went. We to- would also like to make the move to Fort Walt or Fort Lauderdale at some point. <laughs> hey, you in know life. what? At some point in life, can we also move to We'd the like beach? We'd like to go live on the beach too. Thank you, unnamed source, for twenty bucks. Hey, you know what? That's going to go to. The more, hey, people throwing a couple bucks, we'll go buy some. We'll get the hooch and get ready. We'll get the beers and everything ready for Friday because the Friday birthday bonanza is going down, and Jilly's already got a couple surprises lined up. You say 7. I would say 7.30 to be safe. Okay. Now We'll shoot for 7.30. And think, also, he says that's for birthday shots at Texas Roadhouse tomorrow. Well, thank you, brother. I appreciate that. You're the man. Thank you, the unnamed source. So if anybody else wants to throw in a couple bucks, and here's what people are going to do. They'll throw in money and go, all right, now I want you to go over to the liquor store and get this and get this. So whatever. But we appreciate you guys getting ready for this big party. I'm thinking that the leadoff batter for this, um, for this Friday show might be Tammy. Because first of all, she'll be in sleep by 8. Uh, and mom's been battling the R-O-N-A. From, yep. uh, so she's had it for like two weeks. Now, SmackDown's on at 7, so... I think my mom can pass up on SmackDown it depends to talk with... the. <laughs> a ma- I came from her vagina. I, I think, think she can talk with me for a second. You're going to have to work around whenever Drew is on. Um, well, he's usually on first anyway. So there you go. And then mom can join us. So 7.30. So Yes. So around 7.30, we can try to call Tammy, and she can share stories about my birth and whatnot. So uh, let's see. Adam Clant says, getting real fucking tired of these recent Astros lineups. I'm with you. Now, granted, they scored seven runs yesterday. I mean, so they put up more than they had against the, the Indians. And I agree that Mancini needs to be an everyday player. My concern for the Astros, and we've had this discussion, My biggest concern is the inconsistency of the guys in the lineup. Like, I think pitching-wise, they'll be fine, right? They'll always find a way. They're going to add Lance for as long as he'll be healthy. That'll be great. I don't know what Brantley's going to be or if he's ever going to come back. My concern is that you're going to get these Peñas and these Myers types and these kind of guys that you insert into, like Yuli, who's been mostly lousy this year. And you get these kind of guys. Once you get to, like, seven, eight, nine in this lineup, there's a lot of junk in this lineup and that's the scary part so if you're not getting your don hitting bombs and if altuve's having a struggle like he did against the indians that you know when they all got shut out on sunday like that's a concern that's a legit concern as it relates to the astros like are the astros the best team in the league probably although like They've been beating the Yankees. I'd still take them to beat the Yankees just because of history. I think currently the Dodgers are the favorite to win the World Series now. I would and listen, I don't know that the top to bottom the Astros lineup is better than the Dodgers. I don't think it is because there's too much inconsistency in it. I mean, I mean, Jordan is an MVP candidate. He's not going to win and he shouldn't win. Aaron Judge should win the MVP. I mean, he's clearly the most valuable player in the league. And if you say that Jordan is, you're just a homer at this point. He's very good and he's the second best offensive player in the American League this year and deserves a shit ton of credit and he's kind of the straw that stirs the drink but there's an obvious mvp in the league you'd be blind if you didn't say that aaron judge is the most valuable player in the league i also like a lot of people i'm seeing on social media and like media dudes who are like like paul like bootsy who says i told you a couple weeks ago the astros would overtake the yankees for the best record no fucking shit they they i mean we knew this was going to happen when they're playing stiffs they, 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 their whole schedule is largely stiff. Well, the division up. is largely stiff. So I'm not knocking the Astros. The Astros are good, but like their schedule right now is junk for the most part. That's, That's why, why we knew you, this was going to happen. Yeah, I asked you yesterday. I was like, wait, who are the Astros playing Friday if it's like a really good matchup? Like, I don't know that we're going to get the Twitch audience we're looking for. And we check, oh, it's the A's. Okay, we're fine. We're yeah, fine. Because you got A's and Angels. I mean, the division stinks. It's a worthless division. The only team that's a competitor, you beat seven in a row or whatever it was, or six out of seven. So it's, you know, it's just, they're not coasting. Because you know, obviously they, they lost two in a row there uh, to split that series with the Indians, the guard Indians. Uh, but still, I don't think it's a, 
Like, I don't think we're sitting in a situation here where it's a shocker. I mean, look, the, the Yankees had to play a Cardinals team that up until last night was playing well. That team had won seven in a row. I mean, the Yankees were playing a better schedule. Yankees also had a couple of games they shouldn't have lost that they did. Uh, they bottomed out in a couple of those. So it's not shocking the Astros caught up to them. So, like, people swinging their dicks like, I told you we'd do it. Like, literally the whole world said they would do it because you look at the schedule. It doesn't take a brainiac or some baseball expert to see that. MW Solgro says, remember when our lineup's biggest problem was Josh Reddick hitting 245 in the nine hole? Like, look, there are holes in the lineup. And again, Yuli is a hole in the lineup. Like to me, Mancini should be in that spot every day, right? I know you got Yuli. You're stuck with him. You want to play him. Fine. Brantley's not in there. Fine. I get that. Well, Mancini can play the outfield as well, right? So the thing that, well, they need him in there and doing something. I know. But then you look at like your outfield, like you said, that bottom of that lineup, it's McCormick, Dubon, like all these guys to me. They're no names. They're all kind of interchangeable. Yes. So dump those guys. Uh, not dump them, but put as many legitimately good players in the lineup as you can. Like the the Dubons and McCormicks and Myerses and even Yulies at this point, those are cute players. You see what I'm saying? And they look a They're lot adorable. better when the rest of the team is hitting well. They look a lot better when the team's doing well, you know, one through six. Yeah. So like that's what you need though. When they're not, those guys can't really pick up the slack. Nope. Like a Ledmies. A Ledmies has been very good. You know, um, you know, like, and, and he could be in the lineup every day too. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Uh, they said Yuli is hitting over 300 for the last month. And even when he sucked, he was still top five in doubles, but yes, it does seem he's fallen off a cliff because he has, when people start reaching for those kind of things, like that means they're reaching. That's defending batting champion, Yuli Gurriel. Yes. And he was a batting champion hitting 309, <laughs> <laughs> like bat- batting average doesn't matter to anybody anymore. Stroh's backups are the shit. No, I would say that Stroh's backups are shit. That's the problem. They're not very good. Um, Let's see. They've already beat the best teams. Well, Rich Rose, my point in all of this is that you knew they'd catch the Yankees because their schedule fucking blows. And the one thing I will be curious about. When they try to balance the schedule out next year, which is what they're going to attempt to do. I like that idea. Me too. Like, this isn't to rip the Astros because the Astros have been dominant for the last six years. They're very good and they would win in a tougher division too. I believe that. I don't think they'd be running away with the division every single year if they were playing a more balanced schedule. The A's are worthless. The Angels are worthless. The Mariners are mostly worthless. The Rangers have been bad for the last five years. So I am curious to see what happens when they move to that direction where it's not just, hey, let's play 20 games a year against you know, the, 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 the A's. Well, you're probably going to win 15 of those games every year that you play against the A's or 14. You're going to win two-thirds of those games every year, and you're going to beat the Angels two-thirds of the time, and you're going to beat the Mariners two-thirds of the time, and you're going to beat the Rangers two-thirds of the time. So, And I get that's your schedule, and that's who's on that schedule, so you play them. But if you think about it, you look at where their wins are going to come from every year. If they win 100 games, 95, 100 games, you're looking at probably probably 14 against all of those teams, 14, 20, 30, you're talking about nearly 50 of your wins, half of your wins coming against schlubs that you get to play every year. So I am curious to see what becomes of them as they start playing a more balanced schedule, which I'm for. Now they still call it a balanced schedule. It just means everybody's playing everybody. You're still going to play the A's probably 15. uh, You're going to play them 15 times. So you're just going to take out a series against these teams so you can play all the other teams. But I like that. I think that's good and it makes for more competition and it should be better. Phillip brings up the Phillies crushing without a top five player in baseball. Let us not forget, Josh, if the Phillies win the World Series. You're getting a tattoo of Bryce Harper hitting the Liberty Bell with a hoagie. Well, that's not going to happen. Just reminding everybody. Bless their hearts, that's not going to happen. Just reminding everyone. Um, And, uh, like, if there's a God, they won't make the playoffs. They probably will at this point because they're hot. The Cardinals are hot. They're going back and forth. In a perfect world, they'd have this amazing thing, and Bryce Harper would come back, and then they would miss the playoffs by, like, a game. Ideally, the Cardinals get in as the division winner, and then Milwaukee gets in, beating the Phillies to get in. Right. That would bring me joy. And the Cardinals are still one game up in the division, despite their awful performance last night. Yeah, yes. They were down 12 nothing in the third inning. 
but they also did win seven games in a row, and there was a sweep of the Yankees in there too. So I mean, they they beat you know they did pretty solid. They also beat the Cubs in there for what it's worth. So again, uh, M W Solgrove says the Astros did go on a run of beating the shit out of good teams before they started this run. I didn't say they stunk. I didn't say they were bad. They're good. My point is, when the run happened, when it was, oh, the Astros are going to overtake the Yankees, it was obvious they were going to because, again, the schedule was very light in that stretch of games where they needed to make up uh, ground on the Yankees. That's not a shocker. Like, media people swinging their dicks about how, hey, I called this. No shit. Everybody fucking called it. So is, so I think Rich Rose has gotten his feeling hurt about the Astros here. So is Brady not as good because he always played a shitty division? Nobody said that. But a lot of people do bring up the fact that the AFC East for about 15 years has been basically what the, uh, uh, the AL West is. Junk. But also, Tom Brady went on to win seven fucking championships. The Astros won one so far in all of this. So let's pump the fucking brakes before we start calling the Astros Tom fucking Brady. And by the way, Tom Brady also really should have only won like four. He was gifted the one against Seattle. There was a miracle comeback against Atlanta. People forget that shit about Tom Brady. Oh, he's the greatest of all time. He could very well be LeBron in there too and be like four and four. But a couple of miracles happened and hey, he won them so you don't take them away. Like Tom Brady didn't beat Seattle. Like Pete Carroll beat Seattle. Like that should have been a giant fucking L. Speaking of Marshawn Lynch. I was going to say, did you see his mugshot? Dude, his mugshot. Oof. All world. That is an all-world mugshot. Like, I've been drunk many times, and there are times I sh- I've driven when I shouldn't have. I think we've all done that at some point. We're lucky to be alive. We're lucky we're not Anne Heche driving 200 miles through a neighborhood and ending up in a coma. We're very lucky. We're lucky we're not Marshawn Lynch getting pulled over and getting a DUI. But it fascinates me. It's 7.30 in the morning. Like, th- But apparently he was swerving and hitting curbs yeah. and shit, and I'm like... How? Like, how does like one get that blitz that they're in a car and it gets to that point? That fascinates me. Well, it happens a lot. Um. Yes. But that mugshot, like, he cannot even keep his eyes open. Like, that's crazy, that's a, man. That's a solid. Mug that's shot. a solid one. There's another great mugshot that nobody would know about. But there's a dude that calls the games for the Cardinals. His name is Dan McLaughlin. And this guy's gotten more chances than you can fathom. Dude was an alcoholic, like a hardcore alcoholic. And at one point he got a DUI and pissed himself. But it like in his picture at the it like somehow, I guess because he's a TV guy, he's smiling in the picture <laughs> for the habit, DUI. Yeah. Like it's like, hey, I'm on TV. But apparently he pissed himself when they Oof. pulled him over. Let me see if I can find that picture for you. Dan McLaughlin. Have you ever pissed yourself while intoxicated? I don't think so. I've pissed myself when I was in the hospital, but I don't think I pissed myself while intoxicated. I don't believe. Like, that's the thing. Like, maybe I'm doing drunk wrong. I had a friend whose cousin got so drunk in Chicago that he tripped trying to walk down the steps on the L and rolled all the way down the steps and then just landed on the bottom and peed. See, I don't know what that's like. Say, there's Dan McLaughlin in 2010. Like, he's bombed, but he's like, hey, I'm TV guy. Hello. So there's that one. And then uh, the Marshawn Lynch one's pretty strong, too. Let's see. Marshawn Lynch mugshot. Is that a Marshawn Lynch mug? There he is. Look at my mans right there. My mans is asleep. Look at him. Look at that dude right there. He tired. I mean, he is faded as... (laughs) But clearly had a long night. He was arrested at like 7.30 in the morning. Look at that, dude. And there's nobody there to be like, yeah, you shouldn't do this. So you got to be like the rest of the Raiders who are not named Rugs. Like the other day, there was a video of them. You were showing me in an Uber. Yeah. And they were all going to where? Topgolf. Topgolf was where Rugs was coming back from when he was blitzed and killed that lady and her dog. Why, that dude is lit. Uh, let's see. Does your significant other piss anywhere but the toilet when they're drunk? Outside. Like, I'll go out in the yard and pee. Yeah. But that's about it. Like, I've never pissed myself. I've never pissed, like, in a closet. Like, I hear people tell these these stories, and I'm like, I've never done this. Do I suck at this? That you know of. But I feel confident that I haven't, like, pissed in, a, a like, a closet or something. I don't know. Like, I, would, I, I, I don't get that experience. Maybe I'm a great drunk. I don't know. 
I'm no Anne Hayesh. Holy shit. Did, so have you seen the aerial footage of that? Yeah. So she's on the stretcher and there's helicopter footage. Like she emerges like she's the killer at the end of a horror movie and, and then just passes the fuck out and then she's in a coma. It's fucked up. It was like the end of Scream when um, like at the end of the movie, it's Jamie Kennedy and uh, and what's her name? Uh, Nev Campbell and and what's her name from the, 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 the Friends program, Courtney Cox. And they're standing there and the killer, Skeet Ulrich, he's laying on the floor and uh, Jamie Kennedy goes, be careful. This is where the supposedly dead killer comes back for one final scream. Yep. And Ulrich goes, Bleh! and Neff Campbell shoots him right between the eyes and says, not in my movie. Like, that was kind of what that was like. She was like the last scare of the movie, like, Bleh! and then just passed the fuck out. And now she's probably going to die. But in fairness, if she was hammered, she kind of had it coming. Uh, thank she God he didn't that kill a woman's house, too. Like, the house is toast correct thank god he didn't kill no one but he's still better than the deshaun predator guy well what we're talking about uh marshawn yeah i mean look this guy got hammered and drove it's not good it's not right it's dangerous could have killed somebody i get it deshaun watson's a fucking predator and like i like the commissioner today i saw a headline like you know the, we need to do more like no fucking shit chief like the dude's a predator. Well, the judge used, admits he's a predator. You admit he's a predator. Yeah, he he's clearly a predator. The tor- he used the term predatory behavior. Correct. So. He's a predator. Like, I, like no matter what you bring up, like people want to bring up Ben Roethlisberger. I don't believe Ben Roethlisberger was a predator. I believe he was hammered. Maybe he thought he got a wrong signal from a chick. Something bad happened. Maybe. And you know, uh, like one time things can be very bad, but like they're not patterns. I don't believe Ben Roethlisberger has a pattern, right? This guy's got a pattern. He's a fucking creep. So, like, the idea, like, well, I guess we need to look into this a little bit more. No shit, Sherlock. If you guys are literally sitting there telling me, like, how with a straight face can you look at a guy and everybody admits he's a predator, but you're like, well, we're going to see him out there in six games. Like, Oakley Doakley, friend. Like, bring him on out there. And I'm not a prude or anything like that, but come on. If you're going to go out there and do that, and say, hey, this guy is like Cosby level predator. He's he's uh, uh, basically emotion. He was emotionless and remorseless, and he's a predator. And you're like, but look out, Cleveland. He's going to be under center for you in seven weeks. And you've got like the owner and the GM of the team being like, no, he's very remorseful, but he's not. He's said as much. His representation has said as much. Ah, boy. Come on, Josh. These 23 lying women greater than 51 dogs, eight dead. What the fuck are you talking about? I think he's trying to compare it to Michael Vick. So I'm, but so my point in all of this is, um, so are we saying just to be clear, Biden's crack, Biden's crack 2024 tacos here. So to be clear, we're saying that the women are lying. Oh, I see. So you're being sarcastic. Sometimes sarcasm gets lost in the text. I'm sorry, Biden's crack 2024. You rule. I'm stupid. Thank you. Uh, Mike Loves just says there was a designated piss area and some guy went to pass out there and it was in the backyard in the dark. That probably ended poorly for our friend who passed out. Like, I don't recall ever passing out in a yard or anything. I mean, like you I just, and Ben fell asleep. Oh, I've done that many times at you bars. You fell asleep at a train station. That was, that was probably the, that's not my proudest moment when we fell asleep at the train station. And it was an impressive fall asleep. But in our defense, they were just feeding us shots at this fucking uh, hockey game we went to. Yep. Uh, let's see. I pissed all over that poor guy. Yeah, Mike loves just that's no good for him. I mean, what are you supposed to do? I just heard a faint noise in the dark. That's great. See, but me and Ben did like er, in our prime, like we like we were at the, there was venue was the name of the place in downtown, and we went over there because we were supposed to meet up with some people from Mega. And some of the girls we knew there that were in promotions and we were somewhere and then we said, Hey, yeah, we'll come meet you guys at venue. This is like 2010. This is 12 years ago. So we go and the, the venue, uh, the club called venue, the venue called venue was already like the, the bit, the gig was over. So we just went in and we're like, no one's here. So I'm sitting on a couch and I kept falling asleep and they kicked us out. They're like, get the fuck out of here. So we go sit in the alley, and this, I guess, before Ubers and stuff, because 2010, so you had to call a cab. Yeah, you had to actually call a cab. And he, so we just, just, I don't know why cab. it was, and I was wearing a sport coat, because I was in a phase where I, I would wear a sport coat, you know? And I sit there, 
in the alley. And I think like Ben and I kind of sit back to back like we're Forrest and Bubba. So we didn't have to lay with our heads in the mud. And we just fell asleep in this alley downtown. And I've also been known for. Um, You've fallen asleep though in a lot of like, because I remember I'd have to yell at you a lot. Like sometimes at Drink Houston even, I'd be like, Josh, you have to put your head up. They're going to kick you out. Like you can't just sit there with your head down. But I would do that. Now I don't do that as much because we don't go anywhere. That's true. So I just pass out at home. Or we play true. Yahtzee where I win my belt two weeks in a row. So I'm a G. Nets are a mess. Harden got out when he could, says Philip Lector. Uh, he's in a much better place here in Philly. Harden's in no good places. Harden's in a good place because he's with his butt buddy, Daryl Morey, and they're never going to win shit together. Like, I think it's adorable that Philly people think that the, that the 76ers are ever going to win with Harden. Like, what proof is there that and Harden... And P.J. Tucker. Yeah, like they... And could, Daniel House, Congratulations, right? you put back the team that couldn't get past the conference finals. You say, well, Josh, if, uh, if uh, Chris Paul doesn't get hurt, they do. Well, you don't have fucking Chris Paul either. And if they had, and if Chris Paul wouldn't have got hurt, no, they would have gone to the finals, but they wouldn't have even been in that position if Chris Paul were there, if he weren't there. Speaking of Philly, their big thing is they want to fight Keith Hernandez today. That's the big story there. Oh, because they're fucking morons. Because he dissed them on the television broadcast. Yeah. Well, and that's all, that's their thing. I don't think they care about the results of games at all. All they care about is the fight with people. That's what they're into there. That's why they're dopes. Like, oh God, like. Wait, Keith Hernandez said our, he doesn't like our team? Fuck this guy. And then they all just want to fight and like defend their fucking shitty city. That's just how it works. Uh, oh, now the big story is they think they're going to get Durant here because allegedly Durant wants to play in Philadelphia. When are people going to realize Durant's a pussy too? Like, I think they already know. But like Durant, like you never hear a situation where Durant's like, I want to go do something. I want to be the guy. He's like, nope, I want to go be the third guy somewhere. Yeah. And that's going to rule. Like today's story was could join Philly or Boston. And I'm like, or if that fails, the 1996 Bulls, he'll join them too. Those are his three options, you fucking putts. Like, I have no respect for that dude. Uh, Let's see here. Keith Hernandez in Seinfeld. Keith Hernandez in The Scout. How about that one? Girth Tip 88 says, Josh, I hope you get faded like Marshawn did, but stay home so we can all enjoy singing all night. How old are you going to be? Yeah, that's probably how you're going to look like that Marshawn mug shot after your birthday bash, I think. Yeah, well, you've got big plans and everybody does. Like, I think people are ready for this party. I'm going to be 36 tomorrow. God, that sucks. I feel old. Get those donos ready for Friday. Yes, everybody. It's going down. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to call mom right out of the shoot on Friday and she can tell you about how I was birthed. That'll really set the mood. First she'll tell you how I was conceived, then how I was birthed. Then we'll have my dad on right after and hear how bullshit his story is relative to mom's. That's one of my favorite games. Comparing the two. It's comparing my dad's stories to my mom's stories. And you know my mom's the one telling the truth. Uh only 4 till 40, I know. Matt, uh, my friend Matt Moscona turned 40 like a couple weeks ago. And I was like, so like, is it weird being 40? He's like, Matt never really gives in any of these kind of insights. It's like, no, I feel the same. It's just a number. I'm a year and four months away from 40. So fuck you, Matt. Look at that. Get Boosie on the birthday bash. Jilly, did you get Boosie? Is that the surprise? I'm not in charge of guests. No, I have nothing to do do with guests. I need to ask somebody if they have Boosie's contact info, like the riot, like Mr. The Riot. Uh, He'd be a good one to ask. Because apparently Boosie did a song or a verse about Ryan Terrio. So I feel like he might have his contact info and I'll be like, hey, Boosie, we got your back, bro. We love you. Uh, would you mind joining my birthday party? I think it'd be a really good time. I mean, he'd charge you for it. Yeah, that's where we're going to run into an issue there. Like, I don't think I can pull that off because I'm not going to pay for Boosie to come to my birthday party because I'm not a total asshole. We let that shit go down in five, ten years. They're going to have kids raising their churn to be big, strong motherfuckers, then turn into women and take over the sport and get million-dollar contracts. Watch. Watch. You better watch. So anyway, Jim Mudd better be there at night. OG crew birthday bash. Well, I'm sure Jim Mudd will make an appearance. Well, he was tweeting that he's going to be out of town, so I don't know if that's true or if that's just Jim being sarcastic. Oh, no. I don't like that at all. I'm going to have to text him. If Jim's not there, is it even a birthday? I guess I can reach out to Matt Moscona, too, and see if he'll pop in for a second. He was in the chat one night randomly. 
Uh, we'll see what he's up to. Mom, you know, maybe we'll see if uh, see what Tank's up to. Because Tank threw the best birthday party ever. Ever. That involved the party bus and ice cream and karaoke at the Asian restaurant. All you can and eat all you meat. can eat meat. I mean, God, it was a great time. Uh, Z-Dog will be there, of course. So it's going down. Friday night around 730-ish. Ah, so, so we'll see. But anyway. On that note, then, I guess we'll get out of here because uh, is it raining? It's been very. It already did rain. Today is one of those days where it's like, you know, you look outside and you just want to take a nap. Like sometime around nine, this about 830 this morning, I, I it just hit me in the studio because like we have one crappy porn window. You know how those like the, the ice cube type of windows that you see in like mm-hmm. 90s porn like that separate like the bedroom from the bathroom that type of shit that's the kind of windows we have in the studio so we can't see outside but i can see if it's dark or if it's sunny basically and it was very um very um dark so i'm like well boy this is um this is certainly something and uh, and i just really got tired at around 8:30 it's like boy this just feels like a tired day so unnamed source says happy birthday have a great day tomorrow thank you sir and thank you for the 20 bucks appreciate you we'll do some shots on your behalf uh you're the man or the lady oh we didn't even talk about cal and his a cookout today looked like a good time i think cal knows how to whip up a good burger i do i think he looks like the kind of guy that knows his way around the grill because i mean what the hell else would he have to do with his life he's a rich kid his whole life so what does he do suckles off his dad's teat and then gets a nice grill and, and kind of figures shit out i think he'd be a solid griller that's what, that's my hot Cal McNair take for the day. And I saw John Lopez tweet about it and said that uh, he has it on good authority that he that that Cal is a good griller. I wonder if anyone does anyone know anyone went to a practice today and tried the Cal McNair grilled burger. We need a review now. And I'm guess I'm guessing that this was a more diverse uh, barbecue in the parking lot than the alleged previous one where the McNair boys were like anti-black or whatever it was, according to Andre Johnson. When they had the big uh, the oh, big right. barbecue out in the parking lot, but they weren't playing urban music and shit, so they were racist. John Lopez said that the burgers were great. You know what? John Lopez is a, a king of the grill. So if John Lopez... Now, granted, John Lopez works for the radio station that has the games. I don't know if that's like an obligation that you say, they're great burgers, I swear. I would doubt that. But uh, I'll take John's word for it. John is a very... He's a brilliant individual and uh, when it comes to the grill. And he would know. So I'll take John's word for it that those were tasty, delicious burgers. Um, the the picture you showed me is great, though, because it was, it was a video. Yep. And it was clear that Cal thought he was taking a picture and not a video because he just stands there with the burger in one hand and a thumbs up and doesn't move for six seconds. And he's like, wait, is it this one? Like, Cal, not a picture. That is a, that's a video, friend. Do the Texans play tomorrow night? They play Saturday against the Saints, I believe. Maybe I'll call Vandermeer and say, "Hey, can you be can you be on my birthday podcast?" There you go. We'll get a we'll get a new guest in there on the birthday pod, Mark Vandermeer, maybe or John Lopez. See, should I get some people who hate me? Should I reach out to people like, "Hey, people who hate me, you can be on too," or should it just be a happy time? Well, I don't want you to get into a mood. That's true. I don't want to fight anybody. Anyway. Uh, Lopez was trying to get a sponsor for his barbecue sauce. His barbecue sauce is very good. I still have some in the fridge. They sent me like two bottles. One of the bottles was just eviscerated and broken in the box, but I still had one, and the sauce is very good. It is. It's really I'm a, good. I'm a big Lopez guy. Of course, Ace brings up AJ. You said you would try to get AJ on. I'll, um, you know what I'll have to do is I'll reach out to him. He's probably coaching baseball or some shit. He got people all pissed off because he didn't give a fuck that the kid got hit in the head in that Little League game. He's like, I wouldn't have my pitcher go out there and like get consoled by the guy. He hit him. I mean, and shit happens. Portnoy. Yeah, it's like, and then people are all indignant over all this. Like, oh my God, this is the greatest moment I've ever seen. What sportsmanship? Dude, when I was in like Little League and shit, I used to throw helmets and bats and I broke my goggles. There was a basketball game I played in once and I threw my fucking goggles on the ground and the lens popped out, slid under a door that was locked. So I had to play with one lens. The whole game, they couldn't get the door open because no one had a key. I used to, like I got a technical when I was I was in fourth grade. I was playing basketball in Poplar Bluff for the Williamson Kennedy Elementary School Grizzlies, and we were playing at like the high school or something. And I missed a shot, and there was a like a pad, like a like a pad on the end of the stage. I slammed the fucking thing, and like, hey, you, 
T. So you've always had this anger. Oh issue. God, sports wise. Yeah. One, did I ever tell you about the time I elbowed Martin in the face and knocked his tooth yep, out? Yep. Dude. So me and my, and that's your friend. And well, at the time we were, and we weren't because for whatever reason, I just got like, I just stopped being friends with him and talking to him for about a year. And I don't know why. And uh, we were practicing one day. And I'm just like, we're fighting for the ball, like a jump ball. And I kind of deliberately let my arm go to try to bow him in the face. And I knocked his fucking tooth out. Of course, I lied and said it wasn't on purpose. It fucking was because I'm a fucking savage. Does he know that? I, yeah, I think he knows now. Okay, if he's listening. If, if Martin is listening, he knows now that I elbowed him in the face on fucking purpose. I'm a bad motherfucker. I like I look I'm not good at shit except for being pissed off and breaking stuff at sports it, and like, radio and well that's that's debatable too I'm no Angela no, Yee breaking stuff in radio oh I do break shit there yeah oh all the shit I've broken like even at this studio I try the thing is this shit is so old and so well built in this studio I can't break it it doesn't work but I can't break it like I try to break a computer screen doesn't break I'm like, I punch. One pissed me off so much one day, I, I closed fist, just fucking punched it. And it's almost like the computer laughed at me. It goes, fuck you, bro. You think you can take me out? I've been in this studio since 1997. You think your pussy ass swings are going to hurt me? Go hit a, go, why don't you go hit a MacBook or something, chief? I'm a lot fucking tougher than you think. But I did that. And as you know, I've broken... Many highlighters that Headphones, have been thrown against glass. Headphones. I've, 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 I've broken at least five pairs of headphones. Like, I would like just throw them straight on the ground and they shatter. I tried to break that U of H helmet that one time in the studio, and I damn near did. I can see why these guys all got CTE now. Those helmets aren't really as strong as they lead you to believe. Um... I broke them multiple times. I broke the microphone arm in Philadelphia. You punched a hole in the garage once in our townhouse. Did I? Yep. I did. In Houston. Yep. Yeah. So on occasion, I have anger issues, but it's mostly all related to either sports or to uh, to radio stuff. You also like to rip your shirts if you lose parlays or if the Saints lose. You've destroyed a number of shirts. But I think it's better than punching the wall, right? So there was, I forgot, I think it was that playoff game, the Saints lost to the Vikings, not, not the Hail Mary one, but the other one. The next year. Or two, it was two years yeah. later. And I had this, uh, this shirt, a Demario Davis shirt, and they lost and I just fucking hoganed it. I go, Rah! which was an impressive feat. It wasn't cut or anything. I just ripped it. I think I've ripped a jersey that way. Eh. All that to tell you that I'm a really sad person. But come to my birthday party on Friday. It's going to be boatloads of fun. Well, you'll love it. Luther will be there. Luther will be there. And who knows going to be there? And Jilly said she's got a couple surprises. I don't know. Get your donos ready. Maybe she'll be topless. No, nope. I don't know. Nope. Then that's not the surprise. But maybe it is. Maybe that the surprise is she says she's not going to be topless, but she is going to be topless. One thing that's not a surprise is I will be topless. That's probably, I mean, that's a definite. The problem is then you just leave your shirts in here. There's like six shirts in here. At least I didn't rip them. How about that? See, I could have ripped off my shirts, but instead I just have them sitting here just in case. All right, now we're going to get out of here. Now you have to tell about Aqueduct Plumbing. Oh, yes, Aqueduct Plumbing Company with Billy and Mary. We love our friends over at Aqueduct Plumbing Company. They are awesome. And you can give them a call at 281-488-6238 or go to their website, aqueductplumbingcompany.com. They do it all. Repipes, leak detection, camera inspection, plumbing fixtures, water heaters, tankless water heaters, water filters, drain cleaning. Uh, they're awesome. You know, I can't sit there and break down all the things plumbers do. You know why? Because I'm not a plumber. But you know what plumbers do. So why do you need me to tell you? You know, if you have a plumbing issue, these are the people to call in the Houston area. 281-488-6238. 281-488-6238. Okay. That is the number uh, to call Aqueduct Plumbing Company. Great people. They've been at it for a long time. They are the experts. Aqueduct Plumbing Company. 281-488-6238. Aqueductplumbingcompany.com. They are at your disposal all right so we're gonna get out of here not gonna do anything tomorrow friday friday it, get, it goes down the guest list will be awesome the drinks will be a flowing and we want you there because it's gonna be lit birthday times are coming all right we love you guys we'll see you then